Hi everyone, welcome back to the podcast. This is Evelyn and this is Life Over Matter. And in this podcast, I uh, talk to everybody about the challenges that I'm facing and things that I want to do to make myself better and polished and try to kind of fit myself into uh, the goals that I'm trying to reach and just knock it out of the park, right? And uh, on this journey, I hit these obstacles, right? I'm my own worst enemy sometimes when it comes to my food habits and my health habits. I, you know, for the for years and years and years, I waited tables uh, while I was in college and, and I never had a health problem, you know? Youth is wasted on the young right? Never had a health problem, got a little older, uh, finally started utilizing my degree, found myself in a career that I absolutely love, got some good health insurance, and then all of a sudden my health started to buckle. All of the things, all of the years of the um, crazy partying and uh, wild out sewing and all of the things, all of the hard work on my feet every day, carrying heavy, uh, you know, trays and things that all caught up with me all at the same time. And so I'm not complaining, but I have learned uh, to uh, take care of any of those issues that have had that have happened over the years, right? And I feel pretty good. Um, There's been a lot of learning though, and there's a lot of learning to go. And so in this podcast, I talked to everybody about that journey for me and what that journey looks like going forward. And I also have a mental journey that I'm on that I'm sharing with everybody. And it's part of this ongoing New Year's resolution that I'd started three years ago. And it's all different things that I'm combating to try to be my best self. And um, as I'm learning, I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that you have the same curiosities, you have the same ideas, you have the same, oh, you know what, I always wanted to take care of that but didn't know how, so that you don't have to. Or maybe we could do it together, right? There's a lot of activities that are on the podcast that we do together because I like to hear how it turned out for everybody. Or if someone has a better way or a different way to look at something, I like to gain as much perspective as I possibly can while tracking all of the the wins and the challenges that happen along the way. At any rate, uh, mentally, uh, I have developed over the years, you know, I'm calm as a cucumber generally. Anybody who knows that knows that I try to figure out where the loopholes are. But over the years through my insomnia and just trying to be my best self so that I can enjoy my life as much as possible, I think that we all do that. Um, minus the insomnia, I hope for you. Uh, but I've developed a little bit of a, a identified anxiety, something that, you know, is part of my characteristics that I've had since childhood, but it was never labeled anything. Like it always was just called a nervous stomach or she's got butterflies or, you know, she can't sleep. She's just got, my mom called it pneumonitis. She, she stays up all night long for no reason. And now we know it's insomnia, you know, um, as I get older, psychology is making advances that are actually putting labels to some of the things that I've identified are wrong with me. And there is this, this great anxiety that um, is, the, the longer that time goes by, the more d- defined it's becoming uh, in other people and, and myself. And um, 
with that anxiety is certain things like when I'm in the car, I, I have car anxiety really, really bad. I wish I didn't because I love to travel everywhere. But when I get into the car, um, when I'm driving, I'm fine. When I'm the passenger, it doesn't matter if you are Jeff Gordon. I am freaking out. Um, and I might not show it to you, but I'm sitting there and I'm freaking out. Um, I wasn't like that when I was younger. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I would get into the car with anybody at any time in any state uh, of awareness. I would just say, let's go. Where are we going? You know, zero to 60, 3.5. Oh, how cool. Um, you know, I like to go fast. I did too. I'm, let's do donuts in the middle of a snowstorm. Let's do it. I was just wish that I could be a little bit more like that sometimes because I do a whole fear with age series in the last season where as I get older, you know, I get a little wiser, maybe too wise for my own good. And I don't do things like that. As a matter of fact, I start to like get visions of what could go wrong, you know, um, in, on the highway, I'm thinking about, you know, is this the day? Like it's terrible anxiety. It's like, um, when I went over the, um, the ski lift at Anakista in Tennessee, And I was thinking the whole time, you know, what am I going to do if this cord breaks and we all go falling down? Is this the way? Is this the day? Like, I can't think about stuff like that. Anyway, my point is, is that we all have anxieties of certain kinds, I believe. You know, you get nervous, you get anxiety, you get, you get scared. I get all of these emotions whenever I have to do a presentation uh, in front of anybody in any capacity. It could be people that I see every day and know really well. It could be a bunch of strangers. Uh, as long as it's presenting and the focus is on me, I feel uncomfortable. The world starts to close in on me. I have a really hard time breathing. My palms start to sweat. My chest feels like it's caving in. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible feeling. And as much as I've been trying to conquer it, and over the years, I've been working on it. Like, I can do this podcast with no issue because I don't have to see anybody when I'm recording it. Unless I'm interviewing people, and then that connection with the the people that I'm interviewing with is indescribable. It could be people that I know or that I don't know. But when I get into a room with them and I start talking to them about what we're going to be talking about and, you know, I start to get an idea of where not to go if they've got some parameters that they don't want to tap dance on. We get a connection going that it's almost like we're in each other's heads and I don't get nervous. That connection is so strong and the listeners love those interviews um, when I do them because they're far few and in between and they're so connected. You can hear the connection as it's happening. So it's just, it's a different realm. It's not presenting so much as it is, you know, having an energy circle. I hope that that was not too deep. Anyway, um, so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about immunizing yourself against anxiety and excessive stress because it's the beginning of the year still. We're going hard at our goals, right? We did the vision board thing. We're talking about weight loss. We're talking about eating right. We're talking about maybe going to the gym or exercising more. We're talking about buying that house or taking that leap, taking that vacation you wanted to take or, you know, changing something about your life that maybe was consistent for years, you know, or constant for years. How do you do this and hold it together? How do you do this and keep yourself polished? And how do you do this and, you know, actually be okay? Not just on the surface be okay, but deep down within you have the strength to be okay, right? So we're going to talk about that today. This is from psychology today. You know, I love my medical journals and, uh, 
this is something that's evolving with everyone. You know, I talk about how the journey never stops. It continues to go. And so, you know, I definitely can never have a shortage of these. So psychologically speaking, the most significant factors that will keep you from realizing the happiness and success to which you aspire are anxiety and excessive stress. Both of these contribute significantly to depression as well. Over 44 years of clinical practice and university teaching, I've heard people say time and time again, I'm an anxious person. I was just born that way. Or they might say, I don't do well under stress. Or perhaps they say, I get psyched out really easily. And that's what I was just referring to when I was talking to you guys about just now I'm identifying that anxiety is real. Anxiety is something that I have. Um, and it is something that everybody has a different gauge of, which I'm also understanding. Um, you know, there's different types and me not being a psychiatrist or psychologist in any way, shape or form. Uh, it is fascinating to me because you think that it's so extreme, right? And then you realize that if you have it to any degree, that it is something that's impacting your life that you don't really process until you learn about it, right? Indeed, social anxiety inhibits your ability to make friends and engage with other people. Performance anxiety inhibits your ability to perform academically and athletically. Stage fright can cripple performers. And that's so true. I used to be in the theater when I was in high school and college. And you could be the greatest actor or actress in the world. And then right before a performance, completely debilitate. Just not be able to go out onto the stage. And it's not that you don't know your lines. It's not that you don't know the performance. It's really at the bottom of your soul. It is the fact that there is something inside of you that says, what if they don't like me? What if I freeze? What if this happens? And it's, and it's terrible because you can't control that factor. Before we get too deep into this, I'm going to go to a quick break and I'll be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be quick 30 seconds. Grab something to drink, put your feet up, and we'll be back right after this message. Thank you so much for sitting through that ad. And today I'm talking to you about immunizing your anxiety living with it, embracing it, understanding that you have it, dealing with it, and, you know, being the best that we can be, being the best that I can be. You know, I, uh, I am identifying all these things about myself over the course of the last couple years. And I've talked to you guys briefly about how I have a strand of perfectionism within me and, uh, anything that is less than my expectation. And I just am so upset with myself. And that's part of the reason why I can't sleep, you know, a lot of the time is because I feel like I'm hitting that degree that's less than what I should be hitting. Uh, And I I just, I'm notorious for going uh, like beyond what I need to. And and it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, A blessing because everybody can expect, you know, that additional from me, you know. The curse is, is that it's almost obnoxious sometimes. And it's um, un- intentionally obnoxious if that makes sense um for instance you know I just had a Christmas party not too long ago for Christmas and I invited uh you know all the people that I could that were local that could make it 
and I cooked enough food for like a hundred people. Like I cooked for, for a ton of people, um, three times the amount that I invited. We'll just say that. Maybe not a hundred people. That's exaggerating. But I cooked a lot of food. I mean, and it was because in my head, in my heart, I thought for sure, like, what if someone runs out of food? What if someone was craving something that would have made their Christmas and they don't have it? I tried to cover uh, all of the bases, right? Oh, this is this person's favorite, so I'm going to make extra of this. Oh my gosh, this person came last year and there wasn't any of this left when they got there and I want to make sure that they get it this year, so I'm going to make a little bit extra of this. I ended up... Going out and getting a gift for every single person that not only said they might show up, said they would show up, but people who I had a feeling were not going to show up, but might if they ended up, you know, having a couple minutes after they were done with all of their visits with all of their other invitations that they had gone to. So it was awesome because the, the, tree had a ton of gifts under it the food smell the food smell was all over the house this amazing blend of like baked goods and turkey and ham I mean you name it right but then uh you know my greatest friends uh showed up and that was wonderful and they had a great visit we had a wonderful Christmas Eve but then they left and I had all of this food All of these unopened gifts for people who weren't able to make it. All of this extraness. And I mean, trust me, it was a great holiday. You know, all of the wonderful things. But again, did I have to do that to myself? Like, did I have to spend the time off that I had to go that far above, beyond, and the extra mile? You know? The people who didn't end up getting the food last year that I cooked extra to make sure that they got it this year weren't even able to attend. So like in retrospect, it was very nice, but the anxiety mixed with the perfectionism took it to another level, whereas like there was miles more than I uh, of enough that I needed to have, which was, it's great in essence and wonderful. And it will still get, the food will still get eaten by people that appreciate it and, you know, will love it, you know, and, and the gifts will still go to the people that they were meant for and get opened and all of that stuff. But same as if I'd have never gotten them at all, they would still love me just the same. You know, they would still want to hang out with me just the same. They would still think I'm the great, you know, a great person to have in their lives, you know. So it's not about that. It was just overdoing it, you know. And that is something that the anxiety was the fire that lit that, you know. What if they don't have a good time? What if they never want to come back again? What if, like I said, it's that one thing that would have made their holiday and I couldn't give it to them? You know, and I think that that was one of the bigger reasons why I never really wanted to have children because I either would have been so extra that those children would have grown up so spoiled that they would have turned around and the smallest little uh, thing that would have been wrong. They would have been like, why, mom, why, you know, (laughs) in my active imagination or. I would have always been running after that parent wheel. Like, did I do enough? Did I do enough? Is it okay? You know, and I I just don't think that that's healthy for anybody, right? Um, You know, that's not, that's not 
the love that you have comes from within you. And that's definitely something that over my adulthood, I have learned time and time again. And, and that's the crazy thing is that I identify that if I did not have all of the extras for the Christmas party or in life in general, that my circle of friends would love me just the same. You know, like they love me for for me and I love them for them. And same with family and things like that. I just there's something inside of me that wants to go that extra mile and that's what I'm trying to grasp continuing thank you for listening to that example about myself (laughs) Uh, it's a great thing and it really is it's a great thing because I always go you know it's a blessing and curse I always go too far so if I under if I under get it then it's okay because I, I, I went too far you know but it's a curse because it's a lot more work it's a lot more stress it's a lot more anxiety on my part to try to take it that extra mile so that I don't feel the pain of rejection or disappointment or any of those ugly feelings that come along with not going far enough if that makes sense okay so here's the good news according to Dr. Daniel Amen. In his 2013 TED Talk, you are not stuck with the brain you have. You can make it better. While Dr. Amen's statement sounds like a hyperbole, there is actually considerable evidence that not only is he correct, but that you may be able to cultivate some degree of immunity from excessive stress. Think of it as a form of psychological body armor. I'm in. Let's find out about this psychological body armor. Neural pathways in your brain are malleable. Research has shown that your brain is highly responsive to both environmental stimuli as well as your thoughts and emotions. This this phenomenon is referred to as a neuroplasticity. Neuroplasticity allows the brain to create functional neurological pathways and networks as well as reorganize previously existing pathways and networks in order to create the neurologic infrastructure for virtually every aspect of human behavior. This has important implications not only for adult learning but also for our understanding of stress and anxiety and how to better manage them. Tuning of the Human Nervous Systems A musical instrument can be tuned sharp and over-responsive. It can also be tuned down to be less reactive. So too can your nervous system be tuned. Based upon elegant research investigations in the 1960s, the brilliant physiologist Ernest Gellhorn concluded that, based upon one's thoughts, emotions, and experiences, the human nervous systems are capable of being tuned so as to be irritable, hypersensitive, and over-responsive. This is especially true for the sympathetic nervous system responsible for the fight-or-flight response. This hypersensitization is called ergotropic tuning. So the more negative thoughts you have, the more negative experiences you have, the more negative emotions you experience, The more you worry about things, the more likely you are to actually train your brain to experience stress and anxiety reactions with less and less provocation. It is argued that such hypersensitivity was the foundation for the development of crippling anxiety and a host of psychological and physical stress-related disorders. But the good news is that Gellhorn also concluded that your nervous systems could be desensitized. 
This is called trophotropic tuning. It suggests that we should have a far more optimistic view of what we once thought was intractable stress and anxiety disorders, even if you think you were, quote unquote, born that way. If neural patterns of excessive stress can be acquired, they can be altered and more positive functional neurologic pathways can replace them. More specifically, it suggests that highly sensitized mechanisms causing anxiety and stress may be effectively desensitized. The only question is, how? Here's some steps in creating psychological body armor. Changing the structure and function of your brain is not as hard as it sounds. There's three steps that may assist you in desensitizing your brain's inclination for anxiety and stress arousal and building psychological body armor. The first one is realistic expectations and optimistic beliefs. Setting realistic expectations, preparation, and rehearsal are important aspects of building PPA. The highly neuroplastic hippocampal structures of the human brain seem to be implicated and the rise of anxiety reactions when the reality that you experience does not match your expectations. This has been developed in a structured approach to preparing people for stressful situations. Through expectation setting, preparation, and rehearsal, you will find your sense of optimism increases. Your optimism may then actually become a positive, self-fulfilling prophecy. Number two, mindfulness. Think of mindfulness as being present in the moment. Mindfulness is a form of awareness that is achieved by focusing your attention on the present moment, acknowledging what's going on around you, while at the same time calmly acknowledging your thoughts and feelings about that moment. The opposite of mindfulness is inattention, distractedness, and not being engaged in the moment. Think of it as mindlessness. Research on mindfulness is shown to be associated with a reduction in perceived pain as well as reductions in stress and hypersensitivity. Number three, the regular practice of relaxation response. The relaxation response may be thought of as a tropopopic trophotopic state. It is a sense of calm and relaxation characterized by resistance to irritability, stress, and anxiety. Dr. Herbert Benson in 1974 was the first to systematically study the response. Research has shown it can be induced by techniques such as deep breathing, yoga, meditation, and prayer. While practicing the relaxation response, it will give you a sense of calm and relaxation while you're practicing. With continued practice, you can actually develop increased resistance to stressful events, thoughts, and feelings. Think of it as cultivating a form of psychological immunity, patients routinely remark. The things that used to bother me don't bother me as much anymore. Research beginning at Harvard University at the Harvard Medical School and subsequently spanning over 30 years has shown that you can develop stress resistance so as to reduce stress arousal in response to stimulants, physical challenges, and even demand in academic situations with just several weeks of consistent practice. This is exactly what Gellhorn had postulated, though he was likely unaware of the most likely mechanisms for this neural downregulation existing as a reduced receptivity as postsynaptic membranes have suggested otherwise. 
These three steps enumerated above are not just the complete story of creating PPA, but they are the foundations. Along with physical exercise, this can increase your cognitive functioning, enhance neuroplasticity, and engender a post-exercise state of calm. While alterations in your diet can fuel the development of PPA by reducing oxidative stress and fibrogenesis. Just as you can wear physical body armor to reduce the likelihood of physical injury, evidence suggests that you can create your own psychological body armor to protect you from anxiety and excessive stress. So again, everyone, just as we are eating healthier and we're making adjustments to our physical activity, we still need to keep in mind our mental awareness, our mental activity, our goals, and our stress level, and trying to wear that body armor and knowing that it's there and knowing that we can control it and knowing what exercises we can perform to get it to an even kill spot where we can justify it. You know what I mean? Like taking some time and breathing. I've put some uh, like the Calm app on my smartwatch so that when my heartbeat gives above a certain rate, it'll ding me and it'll vibrate and it'll let me know. Just take a couple minutes and take a couple deep breaths. Sit back for a second and stretch, you know, and I love that. Um, you know, when I'm out for a walk, it'll say, great job, Evelyn. You know, you're really getting some sunshine. You're getting some vitamin D. You're taking a walk and it doesn't have to be very long. You know, I have a dog, so we have to take walks often, but it's just good just to go around the block, take it that extra couple steps, and uh, it makes a huge difference on your on your state of mind and how you are presenting yourself to others, how your ideas come through, uh, just kind of getting rid of some of those gray areas. So I hope you were to enjoy this episode uh, and, you know, becoming... Um, immunizing that anxiety and then creating that body armor. Please feel free to share it with your friends and family. Don't forget, uh, we have new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 a.m. And you can find me on six different platforms for free. Make sure you subscribe so that you're notified every time there's a new episode or any of the little Easter eggs that I include along the way. Until next time, have a wonderful morning, a great afternoon, and a good night.